Come on, just for a moment, just lift your hands in praise and just thank God for the blessing of knowing Jesus for yourself. The blessing of salvation, if you know him. Remember, there's only two kinds of people in the world. People who know Jesus and people who need Jesus. And if you need him, I'm hoping before the end of the day, you'll come to know him. But if you know him, I don't care where you are right now. Just lift your hand and just say thank you. Just lift your hand and say thank you. Thank God for the blessing of life, health, and strength. And thank God for being God in your life. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that as your word goes forth, encourage us, challenge us, help us to be all you want us to be, to give you the glory and the honor in the midst of it all. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So most of us, when we think about our prayer life, if we're honest, we're praying for God to do something. Typically, we're praying for God to do something in regards to a situation or circumstance. Or maybe we're praying for God to deliver us or for God to give us something. Right. But but we want God to do something around us for us that will benefit us directly or family members or friends. But here's what I've learned in life. And let's see if you'll agree with me. Very rarely do we find ourselves praying for God to do something to us. God, deliver me. God, bring me out. God, bless me with. God, give me. God, provide me. But how often do you pray and say, God, here's what I want you to do to me. As a matter of fact, we will typically pray and ask God to do something to somebody else and ask God to do something for us. In our text today, we have a woman who we lift as a praising mother. She brought her son. Samuel asked of God to the temple and gave him back to God because she knew God gave him to her. But but here's what I need somebody to glean today. I want you to see the principles of what it means to pray your way to a blessing, because watch this. Before she was a praising mother, she was a praying woman. And I think this message is applicable not just to the women, but to the men as well. All of us need to learn how to pray our way to a blessing. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how to pray your way to a blessing, how to pray your way to a blessing. First Samuel chapter one is our foundational text today. First Samuel chapter one is our foundational text today. Here's the first thing I want you to see, want you to see if you're going to pray your way to a blessing. Number one, you must continue to pray and seek God despite where you find yourself. You must continue to pray and seek God 
despite where you find yourself. This woman, Hannah, the Bible says, was in a painful, awkward place. Verse one, the ESV translation says there was a certain man of Ramathens Zovin of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Ilkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. The Bible says that Ilkanah has two wives, Penina and Hannah. Uh, Penina had children. Hannah had no children. And I want you to notice something. Hannah had no children through no fault of her own. Now, this was a tough and difficult situation to find herself in. Because this was a day and time when women almost exclusively define their worth by their ability to have children in general and specifically to have male children because it was through male children in this patriarchy system that property was typically inherited. It was through male children that authority resided. And so here is this woman, Hannah, through no fault of her own, loved by her husband, but she is barren. She is without children. And and please stay with me today because I want to submit to you today that that somebody who's listening, you may not be barren physically. You may have children. You may have sired children. You may have given birth to children. But let me just put out parenthetically that you may be barren spiritually. You may not have given birth to what it is that you believe God wants you to do. You you may be watching today feeling like there is so much more in you than has come out of you. You may be watching today feeling like you're at one level, but but you believe that you have within you next level living. But you just haven't been able to to get there. You just haven't been able to get the breaks. You just haven't been able to receive the blessings. The Bible says that this woman, Hannah, was part of a family that was marked by two things. One, the family was devout. They were devout. They were dedicated to God. Ilkanah, a priest, he was dedicated to worshiping the Lord. But while this family was devout, this family was also divided. They were divided. They were divided because uh, Penina made it clear that she was favored by God because she had children and Hannah 
did not. Listen to me carefully. When you find yourself going through something for a long time, what do you tend to do? I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that far too many times we will pray, especially initially, especially at the outset of a tough situation or circumstance. We will pray, but our prayers will begin to wane when we don't see God moving in the way that we think he should move. We'll get discouraged. We'll get frustrated. We'll get disgusted. Why? Because by now we think God should have moved. So let me give you an example. I made a request uh, several weeks ago now for some information from a governmental entity. And this governmental entity said to me, uh, as a matter of fact, they sent me a message saying that a letter with the information that I requested would be sent out. Uh, it would take up to five business days for it to be concluded the case to be closed, and then they will send me the information. I have not received the information yet. I told you it was probably two or three weeks ago when I made the call. So I called them and said, hey, I want to check on the status of this. I'm concerned because I did everything. I received a message from you all, but I have not received the information I requested. The lady said, hold on, let me check just for a moment, Mr. Cofield. She went and checked and then she came back and she said, our records show that it's still being processed. It takes time. Listen to me carefully. It takes time for us to process the request in the office and it takes time for it to be sent out and to be delivered by the U.S. mail service. She said, you are still within the window of waiting to receive it, but you should have it by the end of this week. She said, if you don't have it by the end of this week, call us, but you're still within the window of requests made, processing the requests, and the requests being responded to and sent out to you. I said, thank you very much. I was encouraged because I got an update. Here's the problem for many of us. We don't see, we don't feel, or maybe you have not received an update from God sufficient. So we pray hard at the beginning and then in the midst of the struggle when God does not seem to be answering our prayers, we are ready to stop praying. Hannah teaches us to keep on praying. Pray through your pain. Keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Keep praying until your prayer is answered. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must pray and trust God despite what others say or do around you. You must pray and trust God despite what others say or do around you or to you. Watch what the text says. Verse six, first Samuel chapter one. And her rival, her rival, wait a minute, Ilkana's other wife living in the same house. I told you this family was not only devout, but it was divided. There was dysfunction going on. The text describes Penina as a rival who used to provoke her, Hannah, grievously 
to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Can you imagine how that would play out? I mean, this is some baby mama drama, right? But can you imagine how Penina made um, uh, Hannah? Would you uh, get the, the baby bottle for me? I know you don't have one, but can you get the baby bottle for me? Or maybe who I'm so tired. Oh, my God. I was up all night with that baby. Uh, Hannah, I know you got plenty of sleep. Can you can you help me with the baby right now? And let me take a nap. Right. I mean, there, there would just be some messiness there. I mean, you can imagine that. Right. Text says. As often as she went up, I'm in verse seven to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Ilkana, verse eight, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now, Eli, the priest was sitting in the seat on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. Look at verse 10. Here it is. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Listen to me carefully. There will come a time in your life. If you haven't gotten there, just keep on living. There will come a time in your life where your prayer life will be tested by your being persecuted by those who are around you. You've got to learn how to pray through your persecution. Watch this. You've got to learn how to pray through your tears, because just because you pray to God doesn't mean God is going to keep you from having to shed some tears. She had to cry. She wept bitterly, but she wouldn't allow her tears or her circumstances. Listen to me carefully. Keep her from continuing to pray and trust God. Somebody right now, here's what God is trying to communicate to you. Why did you stop praying? You said, well, I've been persecuted. And God says, why did you stop praying? He said, they, 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 they made me cry. Uh, 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 I, I, I was crying. I was, I was weeping. I, I, I couldn't sleep. And I, why did you stop praying? See, prayer is one of those things, brothers and sisters, that God calls us to do. If you're going to pray your way to a blessing, you can't stop praying because of what's going on around you. You can't stop praying because of what people are doing to you. You've got to keep on praying. Here's the third thing. Number three. You must pray and praise until the Lord answers your prayers. You must learn how to pray and praise until the Lord answers your prayers. Now, now watch this. When she prayed, let me go back for a minute. When she prayed, she prayed to the Lord of hosts. Verse 11. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, 
Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. She says, the Lord of hosts. She she identifies the most significant name of God, the unspeakable name of God. And she says to God, God, based on who I know you to be, the one who was in the beginning before the beginning began, the one who stepped out of nowhere, stood on nothing and said, let there be. And there was knowing who you are. Lord, I put my confidence in you. Her confidence in her prayer was rooted in her knowledge of God. And who God is. What God has done and based on what he has done, what I know he can do. She had confidence and she prays to God. Listen to me carefully. Her confidence in God did not wane because of the persecution of Penina. As a matter of fact, it's almost as if Hannah leaned into who God is even more when Penina taunted her. My brothers and sisters, somebody, God wants you to learn how to lean into him. Lean into him. When things are going on around you, that's not the time to quit on God. That's not the time to think, okay, my prayers haven't been answered or my prayers are not working because they didn't work fast enough. He said, no, no, no. You've got to learn how to pray and praise until the Lord answers your prayers. Go down to verse 19, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Check it out. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah and Ilkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Boy, we used to sing that song. Do Lord, do Lord, Lord. What? Remember me. She prayed. And then the text says she worshiped. This family worshiped. They honored God. She prayed and she praised before her prayer was answered. It was almost a praise of faith. Not just a prayer of faith, but a praise of faith. There was some anticipatory worship that went on because watch this. Here's what she learned. And this is what somebody needs to learn right now. Listen to me carefully. Your situation not changing doesn't mean God has changed. If God doesn't answer your prayer the way you think, he should answer your prayer. It doesn't mean God can't answer your prayer. The text says she worshiped, she humbly bowed, she gave reverence to God. She honored God. She gave herself to the Lord. She worshiped and the text says the Lord, verse 19, the B part, remembered her. God heard the prayer. And he remembered. Can I tell you something? Prayer and praise is a powerful combination. Prayer and praise, they're, they're, they're symbiotic and there's almost a, a catalyst kind of effect when you learn how to praise in your prayer. 
Don't 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 pray and then have a pity party. Yeah, don't 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 pray and then uh, walk around and not give God the glory and the praise that he deserves, because whether or not he answers your prayer, he's still worthy of the praise. I wish I had some help right there. God wants you to know that he still can answer, but you've got to show him some faith. And sometimes your faith is not just rooted in your prayer. Lord, have mercy. Sometimes your faith shows up in your praise while you're praying. But you've got to learn how to praise him in your prayers. And that lets God know that you're really trusting him and you're really believing him. Let me share with you this last thing and then I'm going to let you go. I promise. Here's the fourth and final thing. Number four, you need to realize if you're going to pray your way to a blessing, the Lord wants to use your prayers to change you before he can do something to or for you. The Lord wants to change you before he will do something to you or for you. Now, if you read the text too fast, you'll miss this. Look at verse 20. And in due time, ESV translation says, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel because she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Now, I'm going to leave Samuel alone. Let's just put Samuel on the side. The text says in due time. Hannah conceived. I told you earlier that there are many of you who are watching right now who may not be struggling with a physical birth but may be struggling with a spiritual birth. In other words, God has put something within you that he's trying to get out of you, but he has not been able to get it out of you yet. And you may be praying, saying, Lord, when is my season coming? The text says, in due time, in due time, God's appointed time, not chronological time, but in God's time. See, can I tell you something right quick? Many times we don't understand God has to get us ready for what he's getting ready for us. There are some things that you're not prepared for yet. And you are praying but if God gave you what you're praying for right now because of your immaturity, that prematurity of deliverance would actually bring about your downfall and your destruction or at least difficulties instead of giving you and taking you to the place that you ultimately want to be. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There's somebody right now you're praying for something and you're not ready for it yet. You're not ready to handle it yet. You're not mature enough yet. And God has to get you ready. It's not that he hasn't heard your prayer. God understands that some of our prayers are prematurely being asked because we don't have the maturity to handle the blessing that would come our way. Watch this. The text says in due time, Hannah conceived. Man, please don't read by that too fast. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. God had to do something to Hannah. 
before he could do something through Hannah. God had to do something to Hannah before he could do something for Hannah. She was praying for a child. But she was really praying for a pregnancy. She was really praying for God to do something to her. Before God could do something through her. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. We're talking about how to pray your way to a blessing. I want to submit to you that there are many of us who need to change our prayer M.O. We need to change our prayer modus operandi. We need to change our prayer uh, setup, our prayer organization, our prayer structure. We need to stop asking God, God, give me. We need to start praying. God, fix me. God, change me. God, make me. God, mold me. Now, listen to me carefully. Your life situations and circumstances may not change. God may not need to change your predicament Maybe God needs to change your perspective. Because God is trying to teach you something. God is trying to teach you some valuable lessons. And once you learn to change your perspective, then God is free to change your predicament. Because at the end of the day, he's just trying to teach you a lesson. I told you this before. Let me say it again. In life, I have learned the hard way. That many times God is simply trying to teach me something. And it's usually in one of three areas. God is trying to teach me something about other people. God is trying to teach me something about myself. Or ultimately, God is trying to teach me something about him. And it may be one, two or all three of those items in the same situation. So many times now in life. Through trial and error, I just stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to see? And typically it's multiple lessons on multiple layers. And I've got to learn how to learn what God is trying to teach me. Hannah didn't pray because she was a mother. She was a woman who prayed to become what she wanted. Because while she prayed, she recognized she wasn't what she wanted to be. And there's somebody who's watching right now. Listen carefully. You're praying. And you want. And God says, no, I need you to start praying to become. God heard her agony, God healed her affliction, and God answered her appeal. God hears your agony. Let God heal your affliction and let God change you so he can answer your appeal. Let God have his way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you, God, 
because there are times that we can't see you do great things until we go through great pain. I thank you because there's a relationship between pain, prayer, praise, and power. I thank you, God, because great pain, painful situations, painful circumstances, are many times the tools you use to make us pray. And I thank you, God, because when we pray, we've got to learn how to pray and learn how to praise together. Because praise as much as prayer is an act of faith when we find ourselves in trying times. Praise will remind us of who you are and how powerful you are and what you can do. Sometimes, God, we don't even know what to pray for. We pray for the results that we want, but we don't pray and ask for the process we have to go through. We pray for the final product without recognizing that we can't get to the final product until we go through your process. So God, I pray that somebody who's watching right now, somebody who's listening right now, that they will not be afraid. Help them to know that you are with them. Help them, God, to not be discouraged because you are their God. Strengthen them and help them. Uphold them with your right hand and do to them what needs to be done so that they will be prepared to receive what you want to do for them. We thank you. We love you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God be with you. Now, listen, a couple of things. Please don't tune me out yet. Listen, a couple of things. Very, very important. Uh, first of all, if you'd like to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, click on the link that says, I want to be saved. I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to God. And I will lead you through the prayer of salvation. If you're looking for a church home and you'd like to unite with us, man, please click on the link and say, I want to join the church. We would love to welcome you to be part of our church family in person, on the digital platform or in a hybrid fashion. Whatever you need, the Good Hope Church is here to help serve you and help you experience God in a real and personal way. Now, worshiping the Lord and giving. There are six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving here at the Good Hope Church. You can pick any one of those six ways to worship the Lord in giving. We ask you to be faithful in your giving and remember God loves a cheerful giver. And so I want you to be prayerful because giving is an act of worship. It is an act of worship. And we are simply giving back to God a portion of what the Lord has given to us. And so I want you to be really, really prayerful about giving in a way that honors God. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And let's continue to allow God to have his way in our lives. All right. Until next time, God bless is my prayer.